This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London Weekend Recap Minipod. I'm Billy Grant and I'm here with Dave Lane as we look to recap on the matches at the weekend, including Brentford's massively important win against Wigan. Plus, we'll be looking forward to the midweek championship matches, including Brentford's crunch match against relegation threatened Charlton. We'll also be hearing from Thomas Frank and Rico Henry, plus Ollie from SE7Pod will be giving us the lowdown on Charlton. But first of all, I want to say hello to Dave Lane. And did you have a good weekend, Dave? Hi, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. I I think like everyone else, we're counting down the days to the next Brentford matches at the moment. And, uh, you know, to see us win in that that style uh, again, it's uh, it's, it's a a huge excitement. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, think, you know, anyone anyone that's kind of got a Brentford bone in their body is, uh, is, is buzzing at the moment. Definitely buzzing and buzzing over the match at the weekend because Brentford played Wigan at the weekend. They came down to Griffin Park. They were the form side in the division. You know, they hadn't won for, they hadn't lost for ages as well. You know, they've accumulated the most points in 2020 as well. Um, this is going to be a real tough test for Brentford, but they came up trumps. A hat trick from Saeed Ben Ramos will Brentford take all three points. All in all, it was pretty much a stroll in the park. Let's have a little listen to what the fans had to say in a little private gathering we had. A little party post match after the game. It was a quiet, laid back performance, and we still dominated a Wigan side that haven't conceded in seven games. Regardless of what has happened off the field, we looked absolutely class today, and I think it's a real like, incentive. It really shows us what we can expect going forwards. And if we play like that in the last five games, West Brom are going to be shaking in their boots. Brilliant Ben Rama does it again. The triple hat-trick, goal-grabbing net-buster. My word, how did that second goal go in? I still, I, I still can't believe it, Bill. It, it curled, it swerved, it drifted. But the bees were brilliant. The bees were magnificent. The bees were in second gear all day long and still got a 3-0 win. That's played four, scored nine, conceded zero. We are the team with the momentum, the team on the roll, the team on the run. West Brom, are you listening? Because you are wobbling. 
Uh, you know what? It's been absolutely fantastic to be able to watch the team grow and change and transform into this fantastic passing side where the midfield is confident to see the wingers make their runs to be able to give it. I mean, so many fantastic players today that I could call out, but I'm not going to because it was a fantastic team performance. Had an absolutely amazing afternoon. Um, every time we talk about Brentford and promotion, everyone gets nervous and they don't want to jinx shit. But obviously today, another win, more points. We're all so excited. We've all had a really lovely afternoon. We're so proud of the team. We are so proud of Frank and everything he's done for Brentford. And obviously the last few months have been horrible for all of us, but honestly, as a true fan, we are so grateful for everything you are doing and for pushing on through, and we are there for you, and we cannot wait to see you in the Premier League and in our new stadium, boys. We love you. Coming directly from uh, the Reading game, it was the carbon copy. We didn't even get our second gear, to be fair. I just thought um, all over the park, we was, you know, it was really, really... Uh, formation was fantastic. Um, I thought Norsgaard ran the show in the midfield and it, it allowed Ben Rama to do his bits of magic, especially that uh, cross-come shot. I just think, Bill, I think this season, I think we've got the momentum and we're going forwards. I just believe that um, with a good wind and a little bit of luck, I think we could push on. I absolutely love the bees. Um, I'm a bee through and through and I always will be. And I think that this year, Brentford, there's something special about Griffin Park. We were destined to go up. There's a, there's a bit of magic at Griffin Park this year. And Brentford will go up regardless. We'll be there. Yeah, it seemed like another easy game, to be honest. I think it was uh, very one-sided. I didn't know I got into fifth gear or needed to at any point. So, yeah, my excellent performance again. I mean, just feels... It's frustrating that we're not making the ground on Leeds. You never know what tomorrow's going to bring. It's weird how West Brom can... Uh, sorry, Luton can draw with Leeds and then win 5-0 today. So the league can throw up strange results. But we can only contract our own game. It's five games in a row we've won. Five games in a row, I don't think we can see a goal. Mate, we're on fire. It's great. For me, I think the only slight negative was, not from a performance point of view, I, I was very disappointed for Baptiste, who I think has been very good, to like finally get a start and have to come off after about 40 minutes. Hopefully it's not a serious injury, and it probably would have been nice. Uh, De Silva's been a very good for us, but it would have been nice if he could have had more of a rest. And a lot of people said, you know, we've got, we've got a good run in. And then you realise, oh, we're playing two teams who are in the playoff spots, and then you're playing the rest of the teams are fine for rele relegation. You've got to realize that those teams are fighting for relegation because they weren't winning other games. You know, it's not, it, it, it wasn't an accident they, they landed at the bottom of the table. That's a team that's not played as well as we have, whereas we're at the top of the table. So every game we're going into, we're going into as the stronger team, the better team. And I don't, I can't see a team that is going to be able to uh, stop us or be better than us. You heard the fans, everyone was, as you could tell that it's starting to kick in a little bit. Everyone's getting a little bit elated. Everyone's sort of feeling that something magical is going to happen again. It was Brentford's fourth game, Brentford's fourth victory. They hadn't let in any goals. We've scored quite a lot of goals as well. Um, and interestingly, that victory, Brentford, it was, we were superior in every department. If you speak to Wigan fans, they said exactly the same thing. Um, if you look at, you know, whoscored.com as well, I mean, Sai Ben Rama got a 10 out of 10. It's the third 10 out of 10 he's actually got this season. The other two were Hull 
and also I think what was his, yeah, the other game that he scored a hat trick as well. Um, uh, this is third hat trick, isn't it? But he got ten out of ten. Side Ben Rama, my brain's gone a little bit fuzzy at the moment now. Um, but other than that, all the other players as well, they've done well. You know, Marcondes seven out of ten, seven point seven out of ten, Norgard seven point five. But it's almost like it was a bit more of a solid performance as opposed to like Reading, where we looked like we actually overran them and and, and we looked absolutely superb. I mean, would you agree with that, Laney? Yeah, I think there was a certain inevitability about the, the result after about 10 minutes of, of the match, I thought. Um, and I think, you know, being Brentford fans and being being football fans and being sort of like wizened supporters for this amount of years, I think, you know, you kind of realise that you, you can't win every single match you play. But at the moment, you know, it, it seems that we're well in our comfort zone and we're focused. Uh, so, you know... Charlton tomorrow, of course, you know, we've won four, you'd expect us to either lose or, or, or draw that game just because that's the way football is sometimes. Even the best teams in the world don't, don't win every match as we saw yesterday with Man City. So, you know, but again, I know this, this team, this, there's something about them at the moment. Um, and, you know, you just, you just hope that there's enough games left and there's enough points left to, to get what we want. And, in, in, and if we don't, finish in that second position then the team and the fans don't see that as a, as a disappointment I think you know regardless of our chances of going straight up the objective had to be to try and win every single game just to be in the best nick as, as humanly possible and uh, you're right you know all over that pitch there was really solid performances I didn't see any weaknesses at all and Wigan it's, it's right to say though they were in decent form themselves um, I'm not sure them going into administration had any impact on the game in the end. They didn't seem demoralised. Um, they just came up against a better team and, and Brentford did what was required. Ben Rama, he, he got a bit lucky with the second goal. Uh, I don't think he meant to, to curl that into the top corner. But, you know, we, we, we're due a bit of luck. We, we there's a, if, Even if recently, you know, there's the, re, the ricochets and the, and the bounces haven't necessarily fallen for us. You know, the goals that we've scored, we've really worked hard for. So there's very little has been handed to us on a plate. And I think that one is the only one that I can, I can really think of. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing my, my little crew, my, my, my post-lockdown Brentford crew round to my house again tomorrow for the, for the fifth match. So it's a, it's a nice little routine we've got. And the routine of winning, you can never get bored of. So Bumo, 6.7 he got on, on, on whoscored.com. Some people thought that maybe Anthony Robinson, you know, who's a very good left back, you know, they had a nice little tussle going on there. And some people thought that maybe Boomer had a harder game than they would expect. And also another player on a 6.5 from who scored is um, David Raya. But maybe that had to be the fact that he actually didn't have very much to do at all. I think that was probably his, probably his passing, wasn't it? You know, he, he was a couple of couple of quality passes he made. That's that. right, you know. So, but overall, I mean, kind of traditional stats wise, you know, sixty percent to sixty one percent to thirty nine percent to Brentford. You know, five attempts on target to uh, to Wigan zero. You know, five attempts off target to Wigan's one. You know, eight block shots to two. You know, fifty five hundred passes to three hundred. So you could kind of see it was overall 
just a solid performance. I mean, we normally again come back to XG just to see, you know, to get an idea of the quality of, of what's going on there on the pitch. Brentford 1.74 to 0.13 for Wigan. You know, Brentford had about five, six sort of good solid red dots in the area, plus another four or five as well. So we had a lot of activity in the area. So that goes to show you that we were creating things, good quality things. But I think what is more important, and this is what is becoming more and more evident about Brentford, is the fact that Wigan actually had one tiny little dot in the in their area created 0.13 of an XG, so basically not much of a chance at all. And that defensive solidity is the thing that we're really pinning our campaign on, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, and, you know, it's, all the time we're watching on TV, it gives you an opportunity to study some of our players in a little bit more detail. And I thought Norgard, um, you know, I, I, he's, from what, the position that I, I watched games at Griffin Park, it's, it's behind the goal in a corner. and I, I don't really see much of the midfield intricate kind of analysis. Like, it's difficult for me to, to kind of work out what's going on there. On TV, you get a better perspective, I think, and it, it shows that you know what an influence he's having. And just, just obviously, it goes without saying that you know that the return of Pontus is is kind of given us all a shot in the arm. But uh, again, you look at those numbers that you've just called out. You know, we're, we're twice as good as Wigan in, in pretty much every area, if not more. Um, in a in a you know in a two horse professional game where you you are going to share possession in every department we're, we're superior and you know we weren't we didn't have to be on our on our top game on on Saturday um, we I think the I think the uh, performance at Reading was a little bit more on it um, and uh, you know I'm, I'm expecting the same tomorrow again I'm not demanding. But you know, if, if anyone if anyone's watched us in this in these you know these, these four matches, Charlton and I, I watched the Charlton game on TV against Millwall on Friday. They're they're they're, they're not really a match for us on, on that performance. It's not to say they can't they can't pull one out of the bag, but I pulling one out of the bag. It's, it's, it's based on like I don't know luck I think rather than on anything that's been seen in the last few matches. So. You know, um, I think we'll be chomping at the bit again tomorrow, and you know, I just hope we avoid injuries, and we hope we, uh, you know, we can just carry on this march. It's just brilliant to brilliant to, to to kind of observe. Thomas Frank was naturally delighted with the result. Let's hear what he had to say. Yeah, very good performance overall. We knew we were going to play against a, a strong Wigan side uh, who's been doing fantastically the last long time. I think nine games unbeaten and 17 sheets. And so we knew we knew, need to be absolutely on it offensively, which we were, uh, creating a lot of chances, giving nothing away. So big praise, of course, to Said for scoring three goals. Uh, but I must, I must um, praise him for his overall performance. And that's also without the ball. The, he worked so hard um, for the team and the front three worked so hard for the team which is uh, extremely important. I would say that perfect attitude where where we are confident but humble. We know we can't put our foot off the pedal, we just need to keep going and produce another strong performance uh, Tuesday night um, against Charlton. Yeah, I would say even if we wasn't freeing it up, we definitely would have brought um, Joel and, and Matty on. Uh, but the last two, of course, that helped that we could uh, rest some of our key players in, in Said and, and Christian and also give important minutes to Tariq and to uh, to, you, to Jensen Borek uh, because we'll need everybody. What about Charlton? Um, I think they, throughout the season, done very well from um, from promoter side, uh, a fourth promoter side. And uh, I think they've been really good in defending. And I think it would be another 
difficult task that we need to break down. But of course, we are confident and, and we trust ourselves. But we need to be bang on it uh, Tuesday night to, to, to win and get three, three points. Left back, Rico Henry believes Brentford's defending as a team has made a huge difference to the side. Yeah, you know, um, that's one of the main things um, we focus on, uh, defending. Uh, defending first, like as a whole team, not just the back four. Um, yeah, like Said, I thought Said done well today, uh, defensively as well, helping out with me on the left. And um, yeah, so it's good. We've got Oli and Said and Brian who can create stuff and, you know, it's good. You know, we have to uh, defend solidly. We love playing games and that's the main thing. And we just got to make sure um, we recover well. Um, and, you know, look forward to the next game. Um, don't dwell on anything in the past. Uh, just look forward. So let's have a little look at the weekend roundup. So 41 matches played now, five games to go. It's really, really getting tight. It's really getting to squeaky bum time now as well. And it's really getting exciting. I mean, as they say, as Phil Holder said in 1992 when he was manager of Brentford and we were coming in to the landing strip, he said, this one is going to go to the wire. And I think this one is going to go to the wire. I mean, the results at the weekend, Blackburn 1, Leeds United 3, West Brom 4, Hull 2, Derby 1, Forest 1, Fulham 1, Blues 0. Bristol City nil, Cardiff one, and Huddersfield nil, Preston nil. I mean, Laney, any of those results or kind of sort of uh, draw your eye to, uh, to to activity that's happening and sort of kind of gives you any thoughts on how this championship is sort of building? Before before I go through that, after you mentioned uh, Phil Holder and his quote at the end of that season. The other the other quote we ought to remember is "Where are the doubters now?" was what he said when we got promoted and that's another I think that's something else we ought to, to be able to remember there was a, there's been a lot of doubters about this team during the course of the season um, and uh, you know it's it, the team have done their talking on the pitch they've, they've literally grown and improved and the, the, the manager and the, the head coach rather he's kind of uh, just fa- just fine-tuned things and he's got he's got the right balance and obviously the lockdown and the, the coronavirus has given the team uh, uh, the opportunity to kind of uh, regroup and get fit so you know we have we have to be kind of as a football as a football club it's kind of it's, we've, we've done all right out of this we just got to make sure that we, we finish the job off the, the results at the weekend yeah I think we were all just a little bit downhearted by um, the fact that West Brom they looks like they're kind of over their little blip which came against us and the, their first game obviously they drew the first match they lost against us we need them to drop points so it's 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 kind of down to Blackburn really to kind of do us do us a favour uh, in, in, the, in the next match so uh, and, and obviously Fulham um, they, you know we, we want them to we want them to kind of be dropping points as well don't we so I think a lot of the a lot of the um, results at the weekend went the way of the form book, the way the, bet, the bookies would have expected them to go. Uh, overall, I, 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 didn't, I don't see you know too many upsets happening. Uh, that's that's all that's all we're focused on really, isn't it? Is how it affects us. I mean, West Brom. Oh, I watched the West Brom match. I mean, I mean Blackburn Leeds. You know, I'll just talk about it. Basically, Leeds were back to their own form then. You know, they scored the three goals away from home. And like I said to you, Leeds are over their little blip as it as it's as such. The West Brom one was an interesting one because they beat Hull 4-2. 
but they actually let in two goals and they let in two goals from uh, probably I should call it slightly dodgy defending as well you know ball into the area and uh, they, I mean they hit Hull quickly with two goals out of the blue but when Hull actually hit them back they were reeling and uh, if Hull can actually defend West Brom could have been in a little bit of a pickle there I'm not denying that Hull well, West Brom have got some great players you know you know Pierre Pereira doing his thing there you know Playing the ball out there, getting it out to Krasinski on the wing. You know, they look dangerous when they're on the break. But what the one promise that I had from that game was seeing that West Brom aren't infallible. And if a team goes up there, they I think that they can actually um, they can do them a little damage because defensively they're not massively um, they're not like us defensively. 100% they're not like us. And if they play a team who just tightens it up in defence, you know, something like a Charlton or one of these teams who are a nightmare to kind of defend against and then they, they nick a little win, all of a sudden you think you could see things have changed. And I thought Blackburn had their chances. I think the Le- Leeds' first goal was, was a gift. You know, the Black- Blackburn player basically, you know, just gifted them the ball and they broke and scored. And you know, I only, only, obviously only watched the highlights, but uh, it looked like Blackburn had some opportunities. I think, you know, obviously Leeds are a, a very strong, very fit team. They came, they came good in the end. But I think that, again, that could have come a... Come a Come up the line a little bit closer. Um, so there's still there's still a, there's still a fair amount of football to go, Bill. So I, I'm really not kind of counting anything. Yeah, what I mean, what was also quite pleasurable was just talking about the weekend's games as well as the Derby Forest game, which was uh, the preview to the Brentford game. Brentford was at three o'clock, but watching Derby Forest, and we went down the boozer to watch that as well. It was quite lively, it has to be said, um, watching that game. And also, to be fair, Forest actually had the better of that game, but it was so brilliant to when that 95th minute Martin header went in the back of the net and it just goes to show you how things will turn around you know can turn around at the last minute you know Forrest were ahead of us in effect with those uh, th- the three points that they picked up and within you know five minutes of injury time they'd actually come back and they've been pegged back so uh, I mean that was a good feeling I mean Forrest are one of those teams again I think you know we say that we don't really want to meet because the way that they play their football they just keep it so tight then they kind of hit teams on the break you know if they can do but i think we've got to be positive to think that you know we you know if we don't end up in the automatics we're gonna hopefully you know be a match for any of those sides below us oh spot on you know i think the allard said in last week's pod that you know there's no way he sees nottingham forest being able to to pull it over us for the third time in a season and it's a bit it's a bit of a myth again about Forest, isn't there like they go a goal up and they can just defend it out and they can just kill and strangle the match and it shows you know they're, they're fallible too but we've got we've got the players that can damage anyone in it shows you also in this division you probably need to go two or three goals up to be guaranteed a you know a hundred percent guaranteed win um but we, we've got we've got that at the moment there's goals all over our team so i you know, again, I'm not. I'm not being flippant. I'm really not taking anything for granted. But we, we, we're well capable of beating the rest of the teams we've got to play. And it's just how we react to not being in the playoffs. But there's something about this team and the mentality is that they've got a real focus. Slightly gutting, I think, was was Fulham. You know, Fulham are a team that you know people think that you know two weeks ago they were saying that they're going to be vying for automatic. And now they're kind of vying for us of, you know, if they can catch third place with us, that's kind of what they're looking at. Um, they were being held nil by Birmingham City until the 95th minute. And then, and this is the interesting thing, obviously, because Mitrovic isn't playing for them. But I think it was Cyrus Christie came in here. To be fair, it was a cannonball of a shot, which actually they, uh, 
they, 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 they scored from that in the 95th minute. But you could say that even though Fulham might have been the best side, they'd be blustering away trying to get the results that they're going to get. And I know a lot of the Fulham fans were a little bit nervous when they, we beat them, saying that they think that they've blown it now. Um, Mitrovic is going to be back in a, in a couple of games' time. Do you think that, you know, OK, Fulham, um, he's going to be rested up. Do you think that Fulham could become a bit of a threat towards the back end of, uh, of this running? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they're, they're a threat. They're a threat to Brentford, of, of course, you know, in the same way that I just said that there's no way that Nottingham Forest are going to do us for a third time this season. I'm sure it's Fulham fans that are going to say the same about us. If we get Brentford, there's no way that, you know, those, those bastards are going to beat us again. So, yeah, you know, again, it's just that whole don't take anything for granted. We've, 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 had the, we've hold the, held the sign over Fulham for, you know, a significant run of games. Uh, it's possible that that may not go our way in, in the playoffs. But again, you know, I, I, I just don't see it. The, the two games that kind of like, again, I mean, I know they don't affect us in any, any way, shape or form, but after turning Reading over 3-0, for them to go to Luton, who were still battling, do, do them five, that, well, I didn't see that one coming. And obviously Stoke beating Barnsley 4-0. Uh, you know, we, us going to Stoke in, in a couple of weeks' time, you know, we, we we could really do without them being on form as well because you know it's just a it's a it's a it's a it's a schlep. It's this that it's our it'll be our longest journey left for the rest of the season. So uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be quite nice to see them on on uh, absolutely zero form, let alone scoring four goals. Yeah, we talked about. I mean, obviously, we talked about at the moment. Now we're talking about Forest potentially being in uh, fifth place, Fulham potentially being in fourth place. That's where we're at the moment now. The sixth place is the, is the place that everyone's looking at. And Cardiff City looked to reinforce that in a major way. They beat Bristol City 1-0 at Bristol. You know, so they're, you know, right in there. We'll talk a little bit more about the predictions a little bit later in this mini-pod. But it looks like Cardiff City, because Preston were there beforehand, but Preston have fallen right out of the race. They've, uh, they drew nil all with Huddersfield, and uh, they just look like they can't score for Toffee at the moment now. Obviously, Derby, you know, drawing with Forest, they're the team that have played, they've got to play quite a few of us, and they could upset the apple cart. But Derby, they look like they're on a run and sort of kind of getting in there. But Derby have got a really tough run in um, between now and the end of the season. And Cardiff are looking like the team that have the best run in and also the best form to, uh, to get that sixth place. And if it remains like that, they're the team that we could actually end up playing in the playoffs if we don't finish second. That could be quite tough, couldn't it? Yeah, it could. Um, I, I, I saw a couple of Huddersfield games recently, and you know, with um, Pritchard, they they look they look in decent nick actually. They, they they were playing some really good football, especially at Forest. I know they they lost that game, but um, they, they 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 playing some really good. They looked like they were focused, and they actually you know they, they had some sort of desire, and then they they followed that up with a, with a really good win, didn't they? Um, so, yeah, I th- there, there seems to be only a handful of teams really that are in kind of form, um, and, and we just got to hope that you know someone someone like Blackburn that they they can pull they can pull a, a big result out of the bag. Um, we just need we need the people that are around us to kind of just have off days. Um, know but Fulham we know they've got quality throughout so I don't expect them to fall out completely tomorrow to be honest. So looking at the league table Leeds are top 78 points West Brom two points behind them in second place with 71 point behind them sorry 77 points Brentford is us you know uh, five points behind them 
with West Brom with 72 points. Fulham are two points behind us with 70 points. Nottingham Forest are two points behind them with 68 points in fifth place. And Cardiff are right down in 64 points in sixth place. Then you've got Derby with 61 points in seventh place. Swansea in 60 points in eighth place. Millwall 59 points in ninth place. And PE with 58 points in tenth place. So you can kind of see how that's panning out. But listen, we're going to have a little chat just briefly now about a few comings and goings at Brentford because there's some news that broke today. So it's announced today that nine players will be leaving Brentford. Uh, there'll be Reese Cole, Jada Silva, Justin Shibu, David Titoff, Jaden Brissett, Jaden Onin, Matej Maka, Johnny Mitchell, and Nick Trusula. So there's the players that are leaving Brentford this season. They're all B team players. And they're players that have been there for a while. We've seen them play in various situations, whether or not it's been cuts, be teams friendly against all kind of Premier League teams, international teams. They've had a right good run out as well. And it's been decided for whatever reason that these guys will not be continuing their journey with Brentford. Um, there are three players there for me um, that are, I'm not say put a question mark, but that, you know, probably most familiar to us. Um, Reese Fult, friend of the podcast, as we know, he was on our uh, Christmas podcast a couple of seasons ago. Really, really nice guy. Really, really good player as well. He came up with a bit of an injury, a bit of bad injury, which I think might have set him back. Um, he went out on loan quite a few times and it obviously hasn't worked out for him with Brentford, but just because it doesn't work out with you with Brentford doesn't mean it doesn't work out for you on the whole. Then you've got Jada Silva as well, um, a, a defender as well. And he, uh, he was very, very highly rated. I remember when he came in, spoke to Rob Rowan about him and he really rated him he thought that he's going to be doing really big things with Brentford but that hasn't worked out for him as well and also Justin Shibu is one of the strikers that we bought him fairly early on and we thought that you know he's going to be knocking the goals in we sent him out on loan to Boreham Wood and you know we thought you know he's going to be the, one of the first players to actually kind of make it but he just never quite made the grade I mean Laney what are your thoughts about this is this kind of a failure do you think on the b team's part or do you think this is just kind of naturally what happens naturally what happens you know it's it's it's, all, it's always horrible it's just the nasty part of the game really isn't it it's the, the the letting letting young players go and kind of giving them that conversation or that email or that phone call or that 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 call to the manager's office that no one ever really wants to make yours you know yours hope they they all make the grade and it's just not possible it's 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 it's, it's always been the case and it always will be the case um, I feel feel really sorry for for um, Reese Cole as, as as you said you know he's, he's, a, he's a he's a cracking player um, and if it was 10, 10 or twelve years ago he, he would have had a long career at Brentford you know he would he, he probably would have made a couple of hundred appearances he you know there's absolutely no reason to suggest he, he wouldn't have done based on the players that have played around that kind of time so it's just the bar gets raised year on year and it's it's you know it's it's just it's good and i guess it's healthy it's it's brutal but it's, it's healthy for a club like brentford that the players and and the the, the, the standard that the players that we recruit need to need to achieve it, it goes up and up and up and uh you know and you're, you're right to point out that just because he doesn't make it at brentford he won't make it elsewhere and the same with all of them They've, all, they've probably all got really good careers, uh, professional careers in the game somewhere. And I, get, I think you've got to remember where 20 years ago, if you didn't make it at a club like Brentford, you'd probably go straight to non-league and you'd be on like pocket money. Now there's a chance to go to probably 30 countries in the world, uh, be paid a decent standard 
of, of, of income and probably do your coaching badges at the same time and see the world. The, the opportunities for all these players is, is, is ne- it's been like, you know, it's, it's been not, never been like this before. Um, the other player that I was really sad to see go was David Titoff on a, on a, on a kind of a personal level. David was um, in the same team as my son, um, at nine, um, and uh, it was the Kempton Park. Un- I think Kempton Park under nines. And Rowley was the manager there, um, and he he was a he was an awesome defender at the time. He he didn't take prisoners even at that age, and you know it was clear that there was it was a very very good team. In fact, quite a few of those players probably could have gone on, but he he, he really did stand out. So uh, to see the to see a link between. That 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 t- that time when my son was growing up and Brentford now that was always good, um, and Justin Shibu he's, he's, he's been given a chance, isn't he? You know, he's, he, I think this is his second contract at, at Brentford, um, and you know there was there were high hopes for him. I know he went out to Boreham Wood uh, on a couple of loan spells, and it it is not quite worked out. So you know, yeah, we wish we wish him well, um, but there's again. Any all the strikers that we were signing at that kind of time, none of them really worked out, did they? So uh, you know, it's uh, I think you know, yeah, you, you you wish them well and they go with our blessing. On the flip side, though, we have actually offered new contracts to three players so far. Goalkeeper Nathan Shepherd, he's 18 years old. Uh, we actually got him on a one-year deal for from Swansea, so he's still a young pup, as they say. We've also got Arthur Reed. He's a 20-year-old midfielder from Luton. You know, so he signed for us with Luton and, and it looks like it's a contract option. So we've had the option to extend his contract. We, we actually got him in on a year's contract and this is the, the, the extension, I believe, unless, unless it's different. I need to check up on the news on that. And also, Frederick Hammer, who's one of the players that we've actually seen, 19-year-old. We actually got him from Sweden, Acropolis IF in Sweden. He made his league debut or his cup debut, actually. His, his first team debut against Stoke. He came as a sub. And he also scored in the cup when we won 4-0. Um, the B team won the cup against, was it Harrowborough? Um, was it the London Senior Cup? I think it was as well. So he's probably the player that they're looking. He's the most senior out of all those players and one that they're expecting big things out of Frederick Hammer. So as you can see, there's, there's a few players who are, are, who are continuing the journey with the B team there, maybe. Yeah. And you know, we, I guess we've got to be excited about the, the set the setup still. Um, you know, the B team, Obviously, their season finished. They they they, they didn't come back um, for this sort of extended part. Um, so it's it's it's, it's going to be difficult for for them over the next few months. I would have thought to kind of keep some sort of uh, sort of I don't know team spirit. I mean, I know that I know they're not in a league, and it's a very much a friendly game by game um, kind of schedule that they run to. But it's pro- probably, you know, they, there's, a, there's an opportunity for them to be playing against, uh, you know, the teams that are involved in the in the playoffs. They, they, they could be using this, uh, you know, as a, as a way of getting really high calibre opposition games to keep other teams that are still in the league fit. Um, and the pre-season friend, the pre-season friendlies for next season, they're going to be coming quite quickly, I would have thought, you know, Whenever the season finishes, the playoff games are over. We should have a fairly short turnaround. So if our B team, uh, you know, set up and they've they've kind of been uh, reassembled, I imagine they're going to get some high quality sort of pre-season um, opposition um, helping. As I said, other teams get fit. So Tuesday we've got a big game. Let's talk Charlton. <laughs> So games are coming thick and fast. We've got Charlton visiting Griffin Park on Tuesday night in another 
London derby, a big, big match for both teams. We need the points, as you know, but also Charlton need the points as they're in a relegation battle at the moment. We thought we'll find out more about Charlton by chatting to Ollie from the SE7 podcast. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm not bad, Billy. How are you? I'm good, mate. Good, mate. You a little bit nervous now because obviously you've had a you've had a bit of a season, haven't you? A bit of a topsy turvy season. Yeah, no. Well, it started off so well. We uh, we won the first five or so games, and we're looking really, really strong. And then out of nowhere, we just lost all the like every game. Uh, we went without a win for about two months, and uh, now we are where we thought we would be at the beginning of the season. We're just teetering above that uh, that drop zone. Um, but since we came back, you know, we haven't looked that bad. We look quite strong. But the bad side is every team below us are also picking up points. So, yeah, I'm still feeling that nerve because it's just, it's just below us, that, that drop zone. And, yeah, I mean, we, want, we want to do everything to stay out of it. And I'm sure you do. I mean, you, I mean, you're talking about the start of the season because I remember at the beginning of the season, I mean, we played you only a few games in. I think it was either the first or second away game of the season as well. Very warm Saturday it was. I remember drinking down by the, uh, the Cutty Sark, down by the river. You know, had a great day until yeah. we actually got into the stadium and that was a bit of a nightmare as far as the Bees fans are concerned. You scored from one solitary shot of the game and just basically held us out for 90 minutes pretty much and got the, got the, uh, got the result. But you were kind of grinding out them results pretty much all at the start of the season. If I remember rightly, you were either top or second as well, weren't you? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, early days we were, uh, we were right in there. We were thinking, because the way we were playing, we were so strong at the back. We are really, really solid. Like uh, Our centre-backs, Jason Pearce and Tom Lockyer, would just frustrate any any striker in the league. doesn't matter how good you are if you play in the Premier League or anything. They would just not let them have any space, any room. They'll battle for every ball. And we just grind out, like, like you said, like one nils. Um, and we get some draws, and we're thinking this, this this could be a good season. We're thinking playoffs, um, but then you know the middle of the season happened, and <laughs> we weren't able to grind out those wins. But um, it, it's, we're starting to pick up where we left off um, when before we had all those injuries, because there was a part of the season where we had 12 players, like these are first team players, out injured, and uh, that really coincided with uh, the results not going our way. But luckily, uh, we've got most of the players back now, and uh, the results. I mean, the mill game aside, I'll sort of reflect in that, that we're getting those players back. And, and I mean, obviously, you know, Brentford, you know, we, again, as fans, we obviously watch football as everyone else does, but also they sort of kind of throw a little bit of statistical information in there every now and again, just to just analyse how everybody else is doing. And the one thing that we noticed about Charlton is that what you were doing is that you were creating chances. You weren't necessarily creating loads of chances, you know, so from an XG level, as they say it to you, your XG wasn't necessarily that high, but almost like every single chance that you used to create went in the back of the net, which meant that you were kind of quite formidable. So you kind of sort of like kept it tight defensively, didn't create that much, but when you did create, you put the ball in the back of the net, which is quite frustrating because when you see teams like Leeds who create about sort of 7,452 chances and score if they're lucky one or two of them, it's almost like the exact opposite. Um, but the theory is also that that kind of, if that happens, if you can maintain that for the whole of the season, that's great. You know, which means that you're just formidable. But sometimes that kind of sort of that that, that kind of run that you're on might run out. Is, and do you feel that is what's happened with Charlton? Well, with the um, the the converting those chances, there there are two or maybe three main people in the the club that, when fit, make that happen. Uh, that was Johnny Williams, who 
everyone knows his uh, his injury record is pretty terrible. When he gets injured, we don't make those chances. Uh, Josh Cullen as well. Uh, when he's fit, he makes those chances. But when he's injured, we just don't have them. And the man who puts the ball in the back of the net was Lyle Taylor, who obviously quite publicly doesn't play for us anymore. Um, when we don't have them, we don't create those chances. When we don't create those chances, we don't put them in the net. Um, so it's nothing really to do with just being lucky. It's, 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 it's when we make those chances, we have a natural goal scorer, a man who knew how to find the net and a man who could find that, uh, that, that run, you know, get that cross in, whatever it is. Um, and all he needed was one chance. Um, now, without him, it's really telling because we were still making chances. The last few games, you know, we only won 1-0, got a 0-0, lost 1-0 um, on Friday. And we weren't making them chances. We, we, we had maybe one or two chances a game and the strikers weren't putting it in there. Um, so I, I think without those two characters on the pitch at the same time, or maybe three characters on the pitch at the same time, that's where we sort of go wrong. That's, that's where you know, teams can suss us out. And unless it's from a set piece and we get like a, a centre-back on it, we, we're not putting the ball in the back of the net because we just don't have that goal scorer. And talking about goal scorers, I mean, Lyle Taylor, obviously he was meant to join us at the start of the season. You know, there was, well, I know yeah. talks have gone down, we put in a bid, and now we were talking about four million, you know, which we were prepared to pay, which Charlton rejected. I think they wanted five million from what I'm gathering, and, uh, and Brentford went no, and that was it. And you kind of shut the door. And, uh, and now, sort of 12 months later, you know, in effect, he's going to walk on a free transfer. And I'm just going to ask you, you know, forgetting about the, I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute about him not playing for Charlton, but. In retrospect, do you regret that or do you think that Charlton were right in not taking the money? At the time, I thought we were right not taking the money. I mean, now knowing what happens and he's walking off on a free, I wish we did take the money, obviously. But um, we couldn't replace him, basically. He was um, he was the goal-scoring threat. He was we, we built the team around him to play to his strengths, basically. And to say no to, to Brentford and say... No, we need this striker. You have to pay more money if you want him. You, you know, you have to pay for the nose, basically, for a 29-year-old striker. Um, it, it was the right thing to do because we, we wouldn't have been able to bring someone in um, who could do what he did and do what he's done for us as well. And, and the fans loved him. And, yeah, I think looking back on it, it was, it was the right thing to do at the time. But that was assuming that he was going to sign a new contract with us or something, which obviously never happened. Again, and I'm just going to throw this in, I mean, again, sort of being slightly devil's advocate here, because, I mean, you said he's 29 years old, and, it's, and the thing, I mean, we've been through this quite a few times, as soon as a player becomes on their last year of the contract, the clock's ticking down, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, any money that you can spend on new players is going a bit out the window, really, and I'm just wondering whether or not, you know, maybe Charlton were thinking, probably kind of how Brentford used to think quite a lot, you know, if you've got a player who's really good... You're never going to get a player that good again, and maybe you know. Do, do you think that maybe for Charlton, you know, we thought we thought the same thing about Andre Gray when we sold him. We were gutted, you know. When Scott Hogan, yeah. when we sold him, we were gutted, you know. And when Neil Malpay, when we sold him, we were gutted. We thought, oh no, we're never going to replace him. But you know, there's always players out there, and I suppose with four or five million or five million pounds, you know, if you spend your money wisely, maybe that could have been reinvested. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and uh, I mean for for Brentford, I mean you've proven that that's true, but. You know, Brentford's got that really, really good scouting network. They find those players, get those bargains, get in some really, really good players. Charlton, while we have decent scouts, we have uh, you know, people getting good players in all the time, we have had so many shocking strikers over the years, so many people who just don't know how to score. And when we found Lyle Taylor, who was an absolute, he was, he was 
perfect. You know, he, he can find the net, he's a battle for every ball. He wore his harness sleeve and everything. We haven't seen a striker like that since Jan Kermigan in 2014. So for six years, we've had a string of bad strikers, basically, until he came along. And, um, yeah, you could say, yeah, there will be another player comes along, and I'm sure there will be, but we, we've gone so long without a striker like him that, you know, it's hard. It's hard to see that coming in time soon. And if we if we want to have a good season, we want to stay in the league. We need someone like him. And thinking that short term, staying in the league is the most important thing right now. So we needed him. Um, so it's it's a, it's a real shame that he's you know it's ended the way it has. That he's moved on from the club now. But um, no, ultimately um, having him for that amount of time was was just as important. Your season's obviously been on the pitch and there's been a lot of activity, shall I say it, off the pitch as well. I mean, you started off with obviously Roland, this Chatelet, where there's been a lot of activity with, with your, well, you're your former owner for, for years now, where the fans and Roland didn't quite get on for various reasons. You know, Roland sold to East Street Investments, which is Tahoon Nimmer. Uh, as well, and he was in charge for a period of time, which Charlton fans were very excited about. You know, it looked like he was a billionaire or a million billionaire who's going to spend a lot of money on Charlton. Then all of a sudden, things were looking a little bit shady, and then you had your CEO Matt Southall as well, who was uh, there was a little bit of shenanigans involved there as well. And now you've moved on to new owners, Paul Elliott. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, just take us through just briefly that little journey and and kind of where you are at now. Are you in a better place? Oh, it's, what what a whirlwind <laughs> that journey is! I don't even know where to start with it. <laughs> right, um, are we in a better place? Um, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know anything about this new owner. We don't know who he is, what he's investing in the club. Um, you know, we saw Wigan gone into administration. Was obviously we, we assume the first of many, and there was a report out that there's another Championship club on the brink of administration, and I think a lot of Charlton fans assume that's us. Because we don't know what you know, our new owners are all about. We don't know what their backgrounds are. We see that you know, Paul Elliott's he's in property, but like, we don't know much about him. So um, to, to say we're in a better place, it's, it's hard to tell. But it's hard to imagine that we're in a worse place than where we were. Because uh, So what we got rid of um, Roland Duchasselet, as you said, um, at the beginning of the year. Uh, really, really unpopular owner. Um, you know, Charlton fans never gone with him. Um, so it was it was really good news to see that we been bought out. We thought there's some new owners with deep pockets. You know, the Charlton fans are singing about, you know, we've won the lottery, basically. Um, and like you say, a bit of shenanigans going on. Um, the, the owner never showed us he had any proof of funds. He had no money, as far as we can tell. We had a transfer ban that we didn't know about till after deadline day. Um, we were only maybe able to get three loan signings in. And... Uh, CEO Matt Southall has been apparently using club funds to fund his lifestyle, to um, to, to you know rent a flat in central central London, to Allegedly. have a load of uh, Range Rovers and things like that. Yeah, all sorts of things going on. So it, it's it's really really bizarre that that's happened, and it played out so publicly as well. They were like having a go at each other on social media, on Instagram, and things like that. Um, he's Matt Southall's been removed from the club, and now he's threatening to sue. It's it's. It's bizarre. It's bizarre what's going on. It's, it's an absolute circus. And in in the meantime, we've been losing players. Like I say, Lyle Taylor's moving on because he doesn't want to be part of that. And why would he want to be part of that? And if any players want to move on, you know, you can't you can't begrudge him. Um, so it's 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 been such a weird weird few months. And now we've got these new owners in. You can just pray it's better than it was. But we have no 
like information about him. We don't know who he is. We don't know what his uh, his intentions are with the clubs, what money he's putting forward. So it's it's still on certain times. But at this point, we're just we're so tired of these like these shenanigans going on um, at board level. We just want to watch football. We just want our team to do well. But it's hard to it's hard to do that with just in the back of your mind. You know that there's something going wrong with the club, but we just don't know what. So, I mean, talking about wanting to play football, you know, obviously there's a massive break in football. We've come back, and since you've come back, you've not done too badly. I mean, you beat QPR 1-0, you beat Hull, who's a relegation rivals as well, 1-0. You drew nil all to Cardiff, so you got a result there with Neil Harris as well. And then Neil Harris's old team, Millwall, you played them uh, the weekend, and you went down 1-0 to them. But overall, if you look at a points haul, you've not actually done too badly, and you've kind of dragged yourself out of the relegation zone which you kind of sort of dropped yourself into I mean you must be quite pleased about that yeah definitely definitely I think uh, what we were talking about earlier the fact that we, we don't concede many chances like really our tight at the back has been key to that and um, yeah just just picking up points where you need to do is you need to do that in a relegation battle um, we've been really really good at that obviously you put the Millwall results to, to one side but we never beat Millwall we haven't beat Millwall for what, 24 years now so you know that, that was kind of expected, but you know, get, getting points against Cardiff, who are looking like they could go up this year, getting points against uh, Hulls—that's the most important one, I think. The whole result because we we slipped into the relegation zone just before the break from football, and there was obviously that threat of points per game that would mean we go down, even though we spent one week of the season in, in the relegation zone. So we needed to show that you know we, we're not relegation you know, material; we're better than that. We can stay in this league. There are at least three teams worse than us and get that result against Hull and move us out of that, move them down into it was, was really important to show that, you know, we, we don't deserve to go down this season. We are better than that. We've done better. We've beaten strong teams. You know, the first game of the season where we beat Blackburn, we played them off the park. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it'll be really, really bitter just to say that, you know, Charlton going to go down this season. And while we're not the strongest team in the league, we, we're still better than that. So it's good to see us you know, keeping our heads above water at the moment. And, I mean, we talked about this before, you know, as we said, Brentford, we like to throw a little bit of stats into the pot. And there's a site that we use quite a lot just to see what's going on, 538. And they do a predictor literally after every game. Nate Silver, an American stats, very, very, very well-respected stats guy as well. And he, do he dips into all sports and politics and American election and stuff. But he also does the football and the championships. So we've been monitoring this every game. And at the moment now, interestingly, because um, just at the start of the... Uh, of the uh, of the lockdown just before lockdown came back he actually had Charlton in third bottom place actually so you're actually in the, you know, to finish the season in the relegation zone but now they've got Charlton uh, finishing fourth from bottom and I suppose you've got a little bit of good fortune because Wigan obviously have gone into admin or going to looks like they're going to go into administration you know again we don't wish any bad on Wigan at all some really good Wigan mates and I think they've been very very unlucky with what's happened to them but it looks like it's allowed them to drop into the relegation zone which is going to leave Charlton uh, fourth from bottom they predict at the end of the season with Barnsley finishing third from bottom Wigan finishing second from bottom Luton finishing bottom and uh, I think the points they predict is uh, Luton on 45 Wigan on 46 Barnsley on 46 and Charlton with a bit of a gap on 50, which means that you'd have to pick up another, is it four points between now yeah. and the end of the season? So just four points in five games over the end of the season. I'm just wondering which, and, and that's presuming that the, the teams below you do exactly as they predict. Wondering where do you think those four points might come from? Yeah, no, it's. I don't think we're going to get um, any points tomorrow um, against Brentford, if I'm honest. Um, 
I don't think that's uh, that's on the cards. But looking at uh, the, the games, it's interesting to see that the teams in the middle of the table who don't look like they're going to go up, but definitely don't look like they're going to go down, that's where you get points. So Reading and Birmingham, I think we can get a win or a draw there against them too. The other games are looking really tough. We've got Wigan coming up who, you know, despite that, they're probably going to get points taken off. Uh, as you said, I, you know, we all wish that wouldn't happen to them, but it, it does look like that's going to happen, which will pu- push us up the table, which is you know, selfishly good news for Charlton. But I don't think we, we've got, got enough to beat them because they're playing really good football. I know they lost to you, to you a lot um, at, the, uh, at the weekend, but they, they are a really, really strong team. So I don't see us picking up points there, but I think that Reading and Birmingham games, I think that's, that's where we're going to get our points and that's, that's going to keep us up this season. And saying that, I mean, they're also predicting it is actually neck and neck between you and Middlesbrough. You're actually going to finish on the same points, 50 points as well as Borough. I mean, Borough are dropping like a stone at the moment now, but they think that they, they, they're going to pick you on the goal difference just by one goal difference. So again, it depends on how many goals you score and let in, you know, whether or not these predictions will come right. But it looks like that. And Hull City, they believe, are going to finish one point above you and Stoke two points above you as well. But again, this may not happen. This is just giving a little idea. So it kind of shows you the work that needs to be done Four points you pick up, it looks like that you might be safe. But if you pick up five or six, then you're going to, you know, two wins and it looks like Chantler in the clear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, as you said about the, the goal difference, we, we, we're not going to beat any teams. Well, it's unlikely we're going to beat any teams by more than one goal. We, we grind out one nil victories. That's what we do. Um, and we love it. And uh, so if it, it does come out of goal difference, we're probably not going to smash any teams there. But I do think we've got it in us to, to snatch points away from teams. You know, like you said, when you came to the Valley early in the season, it felt like, you know, we didn't deserve those points because we only had one shot. But that's how we win our games. And despite what stats say, I think that's how we're going to you know, pick up some wins, actually. So I think we, we might have more than one win moving forward because no one would have predicted we'd beat QPR. Um, a lot of people wouldn't have thought we'd beat Hull, but we beat them. So, um, I, yeah, what those stats say is promising, but I think we can, uh, we can do better than 50 so overall, I mean, what players in your squad? You're, well, Brentford coming up, and I'm just interesting. What players in your squad now who have decided they're going to play? Because obviously you've, you've had sort of a, you know, three players have decided they don't want to play with you anymore, so you need to move on from that. Um, who will, you know, who will, who will put this um, mark on that game? Yeah, so like I mentioned before, our centre backs are playing really well at the moment. Tom Lockyer, who we signed from Bristol Rovers, is. Um, he's going to frustrate Ollie Wilkins, I reckon. He's a bit of a battler. He's going to um, be marking him all game and knocking him off the ball and stuff like that. So I think he'll be uh, be really influential. Um, if we can get him off the bench and uh, running fit, Johnny Williams can create that one or two chances we may need. Uh, but he has been a little bit unfit recently. He has just come back from an injury, uh, which basically story of his career, to be fair. Um, and... Um, but if he comes off the bench, he can really make something happen. So that's one person you want to look out for. But um, one guy that is playing really, really well for us, but hasn't been getting recognition from press or fans uh, around the uh, around the championship really at the moment is uh, a youth player called uh, Alfie Doughty. And uh, Doughty is electric. He's so quick. Um, he can cause any defence problems. He's a winger, but we sometimes play him at fullback. But his pace is going to cause people to be on the back foot all the time. So um, he's definitely one that, uh, while he may not be one that everyone's thinking about when they talk about Charlton, he's definitely one to think about because uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got some talent, he's got some pace, and he might cause a few, tro- few troubles for the uh, Brentford defence. Okay, so Ollie, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to ask you, mate. Give us a score prediction for Tuesday night. <laughs> 
like I said, we uh, we have a strong defence. So I, I want to be optimistic, and I think best case scenario is, is a nil-nil, picking up a point. But you know, the quality that Brentford have going for is, uh, you know, with you know, got Ollie Walken scoring for fun. You got a hat trick. Was it was it Ben Rama? Is that his name? Ben Rama like, scored a hat trick. Yeah. Yeah, you know, th- those sort of players, they are quite special at the moment. So, um, if I'm going to be realistic, I think maybe 2-0 Brentford, but I'm going to be optimistic and say we're going to you know, grind out that 0-0. Okay, all right. Okay, well, listen, it's good luck to you. And listen, you may not be wrong, because even Thomas Frank said that he knows it's going to be tough against you because you're very good defensively, he said. So, it's going to be a case of trying to grind out a result because he knows you're going to come there, you're going to sit tight. And listen, that's a game and fair play to Charlton. That's what you do. And, you know, teams have got to be able to, to play around that and deal with it, you know, rather than just moaning about it. So, like, fingers crossed, we, from our point of view, we can do that. And uh, good luck to you guys after you play Brentford. <laughs> and, uh, yeah... Hopefully you boys get to go up, but after uh, we manage to get a result at your place. Okay, nice one. Talk to you soon. Cheers, mate. So that was Ollie from the SE7 podcast, and he seemed actually relatively confident because of Charlton's defensive record that they could cause us a few problems on Tuesday. And I don't actually, you know, disagree with him. That's always been an issue if we get. A team to become too entrenched and for us to actually try and find a way around to find a way through and I know yes we've got fast players we've got skillful players but you know there's always going to be that one match where you just don't actually it just doesn't quite work out for you and, and it could be that game on Tuesday couldn't it yeah uh, Charlton is still in you know in a bit of a relegation scrap um, uh, you know, you, you you got to assume that Luton and Barnsley are down. They're playing each other in midweek, so they're you know they're not both going to get points there. Um, so yeah, Charl- Charlton, but they're not Charlton aren't down there for a, for no reason, are they? You know, they're, they're obviously an, an overall and over the nine months of the season, they're, they're not they've not been very good. And we saw that at the Valley, didn't we? You know how we how we didn't get anything out of that match is something that we're going to be kicking ourselves for. There's a few games that we'll be kicking ourselves for at the end of the season if, if, it, if it doesn't happen. You know, it's going to be obviously the Birmingham match. Um, you know, ov- obviously that game, Luton. Yeah, there's there's a handful, and and probably the West Brom penalty incident is probably the one. We were one 0 up. We should have been given a penalty. It wasn't awarded. They went up the other end of the equalised. So, they're, 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 but that's football. You know, you can't. You can nothing. Nothing always goes your own way. But there, there, are, there will be incidents. But the Cholton away game, we utterly blitzed them, and uh, we, we we deserve to get something out of that game, even a point. So, there's some sort of payback tomorrow. I hope. Um, I'm not. I'm as I said. I you know I don't want to sound boring, but you, you can't. You can't expect us to win every game but there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that we we aren't going to do it again tomorrow barring them being way better than anyone guessed and us being well below what we've seen the pre you know the previous few games so charlton yeah that they you know they, they they may have they may be fairly solid at the back but remember who they're up against you know you know let, let's just not underplay uh our our B, our BMW and and the, the the width and the chances that we create and the quality. So even if they're tight, we're we're going to make five or six goal scoring chances at minimum. We're going to get five or six on target, and probably two or three of them are going to go in. So you know they're going to have to be at their best, and 
good luck to him. Just talking about games in general, Laney, as well. The midweek matches, you know, there's some some corkers sort of lined up here. Leeds versus Stokes on Tuesday, you know. Um, somebody probably would have said, you know, Leeds all the way on that one. I mean, if you're looking at the teams who are above us, first of all, you know, who's going to, um, you know, who we can maybe catch up on. West Brom are playing Derby, which is Wednesday, five o'clock. It's on Sky, so it's on the TV. So we'll all be watching that one as well. Derby are the team, as we said, who potentially may cause problems because they're still hoping to get into the playoffs. And, uh, that, that, you know, they could take a few points of people. You know, West Brom, they're playing on Tuesday. They're also playing us on Saturday. So, you know, that could be the kind of the... The, the, the banana skin, which kind of sort of slips up a few teams as well. You know, us playing Charlton as well. Fulham are playing Forest as well, which is uh, five o'clock on Tuesday. That's the sky as well. So that's going to be an interesting one for us to see whether or not either of them two can catch up on us, what that little chisel out will be. And then other than that, you've got Cardiff, Blackburn, Swansea versus Blues, Wednesday versus PNE, which are the sort of teams that sort of may be battling out for the sixth place. But interesting battles going on in there, isn't it, Lane? Oh, it's brilliant. I mean, that the, the, the Derby West Brom game, that's that's the one, you know. Um, that's the one where you're hoping that Derby really do play to their full potential. And uh, that that's that's the opportunity possibly that West Brom um, might might drop some points. We just gotta do what we've got to do, which is obviously to get the win and be two points behind them again. And that that, that keeps putting the pressure on them. We said about Stoke scoring four goals. That's not a bad thing if you're playing Leeds at Ellen Road on uh, on Thursday. Again, that's on Sky as well. No, Thursday night. Thursday night, Leeds, Leeds, are, um, Leeds are at home to Stoke. So that's that's a game that, you know, if they're in goal-scoring form, then if they can get a draw there, um, then, you know, happy days. We just need we need a couple of, like, slivers of, uh, of, um, of, of other teams dropping points above us. And, uh, and we've got to be there to pounce, Bill. Well, this pounce. is, I think, the important thing, Laney, is about, you know, us doing our thing, you know, us just continuing to win. Because at the end of the day, if we win all our matches and West Brom win all their matches, it's all over. They, they, they're going up, you know. So, end of story. Same thing with Leeds United. So, we just need to continue to win and then see how it pans out elsewhere. Now, as we know, everyone knows we use, you know, 538, which is Nate Silver's uh, stats blog, which predicts lots of things. You know, he's, he's a very, very well re- renowned statistician you know does a lot of american elections you know lots of basketball american football but he seems to be delving into the football as well and he's got his championship you know stats which have been out there which we, we watch pretty much after every single game you know it's really interesting how it changes now i'm just going to go through a few of his predictions here i mean going through the league table from top to bottom you know for the top six Leeds are obviously first with 78 points he's predicted Leeds to finish first with 88 points um, 34 goal difference. So they're going to have an additional 10 points a season, which is three wins and a draw. West Brom, totally at the moment, they've got 77 points. He predicts them to finish second as well with 86 points. He's going to basically say that they're going to get an additional nine points, which is an additional three wins. So for three wins and two losses. You know. Brentford, 72 points at the moment. Now he predicts we're going to finish third with 82 points. So we're going to get another 10 points, which is three wins and a draw and one loss you know so um just what i wanted you to think about that lady then fulham 70 points at the moment they'll finish he reckons on 77 points which is quite interesting it's quite a gap between 77 points and 82 points what they predict so they're going to get an additional seven points that's two wins and a draw nottingham forest he predicts at the moment they're 68 they're going to finish on 74 points with an additional six points that's two wins or a win and four draws cardiff on 64 points will be sixth um well, at the moment 
sixth with 72 points, he reckons, so they'll get an additional eight points. Then Derby seventh, Swansea eighth, Millwall ninth, PNE tenth. So the question I'm going to throw it to you because this is quite interesting because if if everything happens 100% as they predict, we're going to end up in third place, which means that we, in effect, if we have three wins and a draw, and West Brom have three wins, and Leeds have three wins and a draw, we'll end up first, second, and third. However, if any of those results go amiss, right, then things change. You know what I'm saying? So out of those three wins, I'm just wondering for West Brom. West Brom, or can we start with Leeds? We've got to start with West Brom because they're above, just above us. West Brom have got Derby, Blackburn away, Fulham, Huddersfield away and QPR. And they predict them to have three wins and two losses. What do you reckon? Do you think they're spot on? What are the three wins do you reckon and the two losses for West Brom? West Brom, their remaining fixtures are not as easy as I think we all thought they would be. Derby, that's a very, very tricky one. They'll beat Blackburn. I've got, I've got, no, I've got no qualms about that. Fulham, real tricky one. Huddersfield, as I said a little bit earlier, they are in fairly decent playing form. Depends what Huddersfield turn up on that day. That's a possible draw. And QPR, I can't see QPR doing us any favours. Um, although QPR went to Middlesbrough and, and got a 1-0 win, which, again, it's no it's not a shoddy result for them. So I reckon, to be honest, West Brom are, have got a couple of shaky ones there. Leeds, they're, they're home and dry. So, Blaney, just for the West Brom, do you see the three? Do you see three clear wins there? Because that's what they're saying. I don't. No, I, I don't. I don't see three clear wins. And the thing I don't, I don't agree with. You know, I, I, I agree probably that's the, the order that the, the season will finish. But I don't see we're going to be four points behind West Brom based on these on his predictions. So I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be closer than that. Still, I don't think there's probably enough fixtures for us to do what we need to do. But you know, as I said, West Brom, they're, they're, they're trickier than we, we, we thought, you know, four weeks ago. Leeds United, they say three wins and a draw and that's it. They're done. They're clear. Looking at their fixtures. Yeah, they, they're, they're home and dry looking at their fixtures. Stoke, as I said, although they scored quite a few goals at the weekend, uh, Leeds will beat them. Uh, Swansea, they, they edged a win yesterday. You know, they can play football. Depends, you know, possible drop points there. Barnsley are gone. Um, you know, they'll 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 beat Barnsley. But could it be could it be a Wigan game, you know, where where they expect to win and they come up against uh, a fairly local rival and they and they turn it on. Derby, we'll see what happens. Derby are gonna be pushing regardless of what happens uh, against us and West Brom, they're, they're going to be in contention. So, again, possible possible drop points against Derby. Charlton, they'll beat. So, yeah, I, I honestly think, yeah, Leeds, Leeds are probably home and dry. It's West Brom. They're, they're the ones that are really under pressure from us. OK, and talking about the third-place team there, which is Brentford, you know, again, I'm only going to the top three because at the end of the day, if we don't get what we're going to do, we're going to end up fourth or we're going to fifth. We're going to be in the playoffs anyway. So let's look about the possibility of going higher as opposed to going lower. So Brentford's games, Charlton, Derby away, PE, Stoke away and Barnsley. They say three wins and a draw out of those five matches. What are you saying? I'm saying four wins and a draw and possibly five wins. So it's the, Dar- it's the Derby game away that I think is going to be our biggest test because they've got something massive to play for. 
the rest of them are down at the bottom of the division. They're scrapping against relegation, but they're poor teams um, and they've got to attack. The, a point against us isn't any good to, to, to Barnsley or, or Stoke. They're going to have to they're going to have to beat us and to beat us, they're going to have to attack us. If they attack us, that's that's gaps that we'll exploit. So I, I don't see us dropping more than more than more than three points there possibly only one which is interesting because it shows you how tight it is because you know for Brentford to do any of this five matches you know and it's kind of like win or draw win or draw so they predicted us for three wins and a draw okay if you get four wins um, and a draw that's an additional three points which still pushes you towards West Brom but if they have their target of just three wins it's still not quite still not quite good enough for us you know what i'm saying it's like you can see how tired it is for us we need we need or is or, or is it actually i think it actually no i think it might be i think no well we, we saw we saw what happened in the first two fixtures we, we we won them both and and um and uh west brom drew and and lost to us and we reeled in five points just like that um that's got to be repeated if that's repeated we're, we're we're above them. Our goal difference is 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 colossal. So the, that that may that may be the clincher. If we if we're if we're able to get that close to them, the goal difference might be the thing that decides it. And it's a win and a draw between us because, like I say, there's five points that uh, separate us. We need to do what they do, and we need to win and draw uh, when they don't. You know, like I said to you, but it gives you an idea that you know, in effect, we probably need to win at least four of those games to stand a chance and even with four wins we may not do it um five out of five i think that you if we win five out of five you know we might as well they might as well give it to us because if you won your last nine games you know you you do deserve something out of that you know <laughs> um that's going to be and that's why it's going to go to the wire i think because it's going to be really 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 tight and like you i actually think also i think it's going to be because everyone thinks oh they're going to you know fulham's going to be a t you know a tough one but i think you know Fulham play, you know, good football like they do. So Fulham, the type of team that West Brom will sort of kind of probably take care of, you know, Derby are the type of team that they'll take care of. But I think it's going to be the Huddersfields and possibly even the QPRs where the, the games that they expect them to win, where it's going to go a little bit kind of horribly wrong, just like when they played West Brom um, Hull the other day, yesterday. And it, it could have gone one way, even though Hull weren't the better side, but Hull were just battling. They were battling at them and, uh, and it could have gone the right way. Yeah, uh, you know you're right. I mean, again, there are certain teams in this division that are, are really, really taking this. I would say taking it seriously, but they're they're in decent form and they're 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 playing decent football and they they look really professional. And it's almost like they're they're playing like there's uh, you know a full stadium there cheering them on. And Huddersfield, I've said a couple of times already, they seem to be one of those. Um, and they're 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 up against they're up they're up against someone we need them to take points off. So hopefully Alex Pritchard um, will uh, will do the bees a favour. Hopefully he will do a favour. Let's we'll just finish this up. Just looking at um, okay, see five thirty eight, and just looking at their predictions for promotion, the playoffs, who's going to get promoted in the championship as well. Leeds United. Uh, they say 6% chance they'll make the playoffs. So that basically means 6% that they'll actually drop of the two top two positions and finish in third place. So 94% no, they will be in, right up. And West Brom, 24% chance that they'll make the playoffs as well. You know, So again, similar type scenario where they're saying it's a very high chance 
Um, you know, almost 75% chance that um, West Brom are going to be in the top two. Brentford, 71% chance that we'll make the playoffs, you know, which means that, you know, again, just over 30%, you know, that we'll make, uh, that, 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 we'll be, uh, that we'll be in the automatic places as well. And after that, Fulham, oh, this 97% and West Brom, and Nottingham Forest, 94% chance they'll make promotion play make promotion playoffs basically means they're lodged in the playoffs 72 percent for cardiff will make the playoffs and then after that cardiff interesting it's millwall at 11 percent swansea at 11 percent and derby county at nine percent so they're kind of like saying it's nailed on that cardiff city you know are going to be the sixth playoff place and they're going to have to make some big mistakes to uh, to not be in there as opposed to promoted as well 90 i think i see it my eyes at 96 percent that Leeds United are promoted, you know, 83% that West Brom are going to get promoted. And that is by the playoffs or the uh, automatics, by the way, you know, so 83%. Um, and then it's 64% that Brentford are going to get promoted as well. And then 24%, 12% Forest and 30% Cardiff. So again, if you're talking about the top three, they've kind of made a very clear top three who they think is going to get promoted. Um, for the championship, we can laugh about this. 69% Leeds United, 20, 27% West Brom, and then 4% Brentford. And then everybody else is just like no chance whatsoever. What do you what do you make of that, Laney? Yeah, I mean, these guys, you know, they've, they've got, they've become uh, kind of experts and they've got reputations and they've built up big followings because they get it right a lot. So, um, you know, you, you can't argue beyond that. There's still an outside chance that we can do it. We, we're going to carry on believing. We're going we're to have a little bit more bravado and a bit of, come on, you know, let's not give up yet than, than you know, those kind of guys that haven't got a vested interest in it. And we're, at the end of the day, we're supporters and, you know, we're, we're like used to having like blind hope in cul-de-sacs of doom. So, you know, who, but who would have thought, you know, all we can do is carry on winning. Um, and you know, I just can't see that changing tomorrow. Um, it's it's the dar it's the derby game. Um, that's that's the one that we're kind of looking at as uh, as our biggest test. Um, but, uh, but again, who would have thought? It's, it's probably fans up and down this country that are completely oblivious to this mini season that's going on, and we're completely engrossed by it. You know, it's probably it's probably like hardcore fans that haven't even bothered turning on Sky or watching their games on iFollow. They're probably just like the game you know the season's over for them but for us you know every 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 match is is critical um and there's a lot there's a lot to be dreaming about still so uh i can't wait mate i really can't wait for tomorrow prediction charlton laney or oh, it's a t- that, it's not it's not a toughie it's, it's whether we're going to carry on not conceding that's that's the only thing i'm kind of thinking about in my head i'm going to go three nil or four one uh that's, that, yeah, I'll go. I'll go three nil. I'm going to go standard two nil. I think I'm going two nil all the way through. You know, defence keeping tight, and we just knock in the couple of goals that we need. I'll take you two nil on Saturday, Bill. I think if you if you can get that right, two nil up at Pride Park, I'll be skipping round my garden all night. That's right, mate. skippity do. So listen, this is Besotted Pride of West London Weekend Roundup Mini Pod. Hope you enjoyed it. New little format for us. We'll be doing this all the way through up until well, the end of the season. And fingers crossed if we get to the playoffs, in the playoffs as well. Hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy the game on Tuesday night and we will see you on the other side. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees.
holidays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.